gaze, it is your host, Kate Tokes, here with you to talk about all things cannabis, LGBTQ, and mental health related. Hello, doobies and gays. Welcome to this episode of Doobie Gay, where I speak with Aaron Richard, the co-founder and CEO of WeedTube. He is also the host of the podcast Watch and Sesh and the author of the LGBTQ plus sci-fi novel series Being Found. It's a nightmare. It's, <laughs> it's awful. I never thought that I would be running a tech company and I'm grateful to have people who have a greater understanding of it than I do on the team. Um, but yeah, I, I would not ever recommend to my worst enemy to get into development as a business at all. It is, it is, it is a, it is a nightmare, especially in the cannabis industry. (laughs) Well, I think development in general is just a nightmare. I mean, the cost to employ someone to make a app or website platform is insane. And no matter what level you do that, whether it's within the US, which you're going to pay a thousand times what you would going overseas, no matter what you do, it's not going to be what you want right away. And you're going to have to, there's just so much refining and up to it's constant. It is not like a brick and mortar business where you can create a store or restaurant and open. It is this thing that constantly needs upkeep and development and fixing and everything like that. Like I said, wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Right. No, we totally understand that through like Puff Creative. Um, we, we do websites, SEO. We just started doing app development as well. And I'm not on that end of the business because I, like you said, I, I just couldn't handle that type of constant updating and everything, but it's evolving and changing and um, really amazing that, you know, the cannabis industry has V2 because we don't have a lot. <laughs> I'm trying my best to make it even better for everybody and bring even more f- features as quickly as I can. And that, so I'm suffering through even more of a nightmare and even more headaches just for the whole community that needs it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What what led you into WeTube? I know that uh, we've spoken previously, so I know a little bit about it, but uh, what can you tell the listeners about your process uh, coming into uh, not only creating weed too, but also getting involved in the cannabis industry. Uh, I had a YouTube channel that had 190,000 subscribers that I grew in just over a year. I was known as the gay stoner and um, quickly growing following uh, that was doing very, very well. Um, I like quit my full-time job managing a restaurant because I just wanted to focus on the YouTube channel and it was making enough money for me to be able to do that. And in February of 2018, YouTube deleted my channel and hundreds of other cannabis-related channel, channels like it um, during what's called the cannabis purge of YouTube. And so I was lucky enough to be friends with a lot of those people who got deleted. So we banded together and started our own platform for the cannabis community. So we would have somewhere to go. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really a shame that we have to jump over this, these different hoops uh, within the industry, but also identifying within the LGBTQ community. I think that is just like two different hurdles uh, that have been hard for myself and obviously for you within the industry and kind of navigating through it as not only the LGBTQ community is changing, but also the cannabis industry as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, what, hurdles have you experienced on social media platforms and with YouTube as you've like gone on throughout 
years? What's, what's the biggest hurdles that you've experienced? I think right now the biggest hurdle is suppression on other social media platforms for cannabis content. Um, for me personally, I get about a 10th, maybe at best of the engagement that I used to get on platforms like Instagram and Facebook, um, which, you know, Facebook, I grew a lot of my original following on there that went to YouTube. And it's, it's frustrating as a business owner of weed too, because, you know, we want to grow the platform for the community, but it's also frustrating as a content creator myself still, because sometimes it can feel like there's something wrong with you, like that maybe you've fallen off and that maybe your content isn't any good anymore, or that, you know, maybe people don't like to follow you or care about what you're doing anymore. But when you back out and you look at the whole cannabis community on social media, you can really see that that's not the case. It's a, it's a, you know, platform wide suppression that's happening to these individuals to not let their content be seen. I, I feel like now I'm not saying everything I make is fire dope content, but I'm making some of the best content I've ever made. Um, recently I had Wilfred, uh, from the hit FX TV show, Wilfred, uh, the dog on my podcast. I'm the first person in the cannabis industry since he's joined the cannabis industry to have Wilfred, the character in costume on a media outlet. I'm the first person to ever be allowed to do that. And it's such an honor and it was so much fun. And some of the clips that have come out of that are freaking hilarious. And I'll post it on Instagram and I'm lucky if it gets 60 likes. And we're talking about, I used to get 5,000 plus likes on things that I post. So it's, and then you've got TikTok, which is totally anti-weed. But if I post clips from my podcast that don't show weed, they blow up on TikTok. So at least I have that validation to know, like, you're still making good content, even though these other platforms are suppressing the hell out of you. Yeah, I, we, we've ran into that so much with uh, our clients at Puff Creative and trying to explain the algorithm and the way that uh, we are suppressed when we post on these different platforms is extremely difficult and it's disheartening. Uh, we see our clients get really upset or like let down that things aren't uh, getting the, the traction that it should be. You know, you have right. all those people who are working their asses off <laughs> and just to see like, you know, big name brands that have a lot of money are the only ones that are really seeing that engagement, but what is that really worth at the end of the day? And I believe that, you know, even though we're not getting the engagement we want, that the love and the support is still there. Um, I've noticed that on my personal channels as well. I might not get as many likes as I want, but I will get, you know, two to three DMs inquiring about something that I posted and saying, hey, thank you for sharing that. And you know what, at the end of the day, that's that's enough for me. And Unfortunately, like, obviously we want to reach more people, but um, it's kind of just an uphill battle for, for content creators, for brands, um, for kind of anybody in the industry, unfortunately. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be having any sort of change. And I think the narrative right now is, well, when f federal legalization happens, the, those platforms will ease up. And I just don't think that that's the case. If we don't get on this now, they're going to continue to suppress small business and content creators while allowing the multi-store operators and the huge corporate 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 entities that are in the cannabis industry. They are allowed to thrive, which is currently happening on plat platforms like Instagram, which I just think is buck wild. Yeah, it's it's completely unfair, 
And it's, it's, I remember when we first started posting, like we, you know, we, we would barely be on the account for like a couple of months and it would blow up in the beginning. This was like five years back. And I'm trying to like think in, in my mind when there was a huge shift and it, was there a moment in time that you started to realize the, that the algorithm, algorithm was working against you? There wasn't a moment that I was like, oh no, it's changing. It just sort of happened. And suddenly the new reality was, this is what it is. I don't remember like when it really happened. I could probably go back and look at my posts and say, okay, here's good engagement. Here's not great engagement. I, I can't specifically say when it was on Instagram, but it is, it certainly is a more recent thing. They definitely did a lot of deletions before. Like they just, before it was just, they just delete you. But now it's instead of deleting you, they just suppress you. Like you are the last story bubble on everyone who follows you's homepage. Your content is only seen if you're going up to the top left and clicking to be shown in chronological order, the posts of people you follow. Like I go on Instagram now and 80% of the posts in my feed are not people I follow. They are suggested posts, which on my personal account, um, my, my public account, I have two Instagram accounts and one of them is for like book writing and stuff, but the main account, my Aaron Richard account, which I've built my whole career on, that is mostly following people in the industry. So if I'm scrolling through my feed and I'm seeing 80% stuff, that's not people I follow and it's all suggested something's up there. Right. Right. And they just released that new, um, feed feature, which I don't know how I feel about where you could uh, create your own list of, uh, those who you follow to like, you, yeah, you go up and tap it and you can click following. I would rather that that was, because the thing is when you click on that, you can like accidentally exit out of it so easily. I would rather that be a button that's permanent that I can click and say following. And every time I log in, I just see the chronological order. Right. Now, I don't want to have to go seek that out. Same. <laughs> I think it's just, I, I think that is just like a bandaid over a big wound and it's not really actually helping. <laughs> yeah. Or give me, give me chronological and stick some suggested in there. That's fine. I don't really yeah. care. Everybody likes to find new content, but give me my fucking chronological <laughs> order Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that I find most frustrating. And like, I, I see people pop up on the page and I have someone say like, oh, I just like posted this. Can you help like engage it? And I'm like, where? And then I have to go search their profile, go in there. And oh, and then you have that. to search, you have to type the whole name. Mm-hmm. If I've been with people who have asked me like, oh, what's your Instagram? I'll follow you. They'll type errand. Not a lot of those out there in the world, to be honest with you. Right. They literally have to type R-I-C-H-A before I pop up. Yep. And that's just absurd. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's another errand, but they, I have more followers than the rest of them. I should be up there somewhere. Yeah. Especially with having, um, like, follow, like related followers to those who are searching for you if yep. they're into the, if they're in the industry, you should pop up. We've had that happen with so many clients. Um, and we've done some like digging into shadow banning and shadow banning accounts, shadow banning hashtags. And for those who don't know, uh, they also come at us that way, where if we use a cannabis hashtag or anything in relation to that, then uh, our our posts won't even show up in the in the in the feeds. Um, and that that's what I mean by the suppression, like the shadow banning suppression. It's it's all the same thing. They're just putting all of us to the back of the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I have to agree. I don't really think legalization is gonna change it entirely. I think it's. Um, 
has to be the industry coming together and making changes and speaking up. And unfortunately, uh, I know that you've experienced, um, you know, different accounts getting taken down or when you shared the petition, which I, we will share on all of our channels too, uh, you experienced shutdown. Yeah, be careful sharing that petition because I saw two people get deleted from the platform for DMing the link. For now you're talking for DMing it. Now you're talking about a link to change.org, the very well-known website where every petition exists in the world for whether it be petitions for helping other countries that are devastated by natural disasters, whether it be petitions for gun control, whether it be any kind of petition, that's, that's where they all live. Instagram is familiar with these. Instagram allows them constantly. But somehow, some way, this one change.org link that is the, the, the title of the petition is not fuck Instagram, burn it to the ground. <laughs> the title of the, the petition is the legal cannabis industry demands fair regulation from Instagram. That is the title of the post. That is the nicest, most appropriate way you could put that. And that link now is if you put it on your story, if you DM it, um, if you do anything with the specific link and don't use like a rerouted one, like we all use a bit.ly now for it. Mm -hmm. um, you will, you will get, uh, flagged and possibly even deleted. So someone at Instagram is out here being like this link right here, don't allow it and delete anybody who shares it. What kind of maniacal ass Cruella DeVille kind <laughs> of bullshit is Instagram on? I don't understand. It makes no sense. Does Linktree allow it? Or is that another avenue? Linktree does allow it. Yeah. So we'll definitely share it on there and figure out different ways around it. But I don't get it. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, there's different reasonings that we could come up with as to why they don't like us or they don't want us on the platform. I think that there's more than one reason. I don't think it's, uh, you know, just cause it's not legal. I think it's, uh, I think it's cause they want money. I think it's cause they want their piece of the pie when legalization happens and they're already Actually, this is this is a factual story that I have been advised not to share by some people, but other people have begged me to share it. So I'm just going to tell you, um, I'm sure you've you and all the listeners, if you're into cannabis, have heard of herb on Instagram, H-E-R-B herb. It is a huge page with a large following that posts cannabis, cool content. They've been open for years. They're one of the older ones and they're very, very popular. I reached out to herb. Um about working with them to bring awareness to the petition. I got in a meeting with two of their executives, these two guys who clearly live in like New York city, button up wearing suits and ties and everything. And I start talking to them about the petition and how I want to bring awareness. And they're like talking to me and they're like, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess we could do that. And so I get this vibe that's like, oh, you think I'm asking you to do something for free because it's activism. So I say to these guys in this meeting, you don't think I want you to do this for free, do you? And they were like, oh yeah, it's like charity, right? And I was like, no, I'm more than happy to pay you full price to do this, right. no problem. So they're like, okay, we'll come up with a plan that's like three to $5,000 a month for three months to really blast this campaign everywhere. Another cru uh, crucial thing that I said to them during this meeting was, I'm sure you guys have contacts at Instagram, right? You guys are like well-connected because you guys don't have any suppression issues. And they go, oh yeah, we're in really, really good with Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
So we make this plan three to $5,000. I, I tell them I'll pay 5,000. I'll pay top dollar if you guys do your good, good work. Okay. And this is unheard of in the cannabis industry because every business owner is nickel and diming everyone to get the most bang for their buck. And I'm over here just being like, I'll pay you $5,000. Let's do it right. Um, a few days go by. I don't hear from them when they say that I will. So I email them. No reply. I continue to email them five more times over two weeks. The last email to them, I'm going to read it to you because I really want you to uh, know the exact verbiage that I use. Um, I said, sorry, just pulling it up here. Da, 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 da. Suspension. Maybe I can't find it. It's it, Apparently I use the word, word herb in my email a lot. Um, <laughs> but basically I said to them, um, if I, I'm going to take your lack of response as uh, you telling me that someone at Instagram told you that you can't support this petition. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm taking away from this. And they never replied. Obviously, they're not going to say that. Right. But when I flash money in these guys' faces, they were hype. They told me that they had ins with Instagram and suddenly they won't talk to me anymore. Right. So this is a mainstream cannabis brand that is arguably not with the culture. All they do is take small businesses' money to promote the product. And they are against going against Instagram because they don't want to hurt themselves and also because they want to support Instagram. And I just think if you're going to openly be like, I'm not going to support the small business cannabis industry that you're trying to save right now, then I don't, I think people have a right to know that before they're following you, engaging with your content, commenting on it and sharing it. Because if I knew that, I would not engage with that brand because I believe that we have such an important obligation in this industry in America to do this the right way. We have an opportunity to support minorities, people who have been affected by social equity issues in the cannabis industry. What we don't want to do, what I know that anyone that I know that smokes weed doesn't want to have happen is for a bunch of white guys saying this is a white guy, a bunch of rich white guys coming in and taking over everything and they run it. I, I am white, but I'm not rich. I grew up very, very poor, but um, I don't think that that's what anyone wants. I think we have such an obligation to make it an equal opportunity industry run by a lot of different people. You know what I mean? So if you believe that, then I think that people should be made aware of this whole herb situation. Yes. Thank you. I had no idea. I, I was aware of different um, brands with a lot of money being able to have direct content, uh, contact with Instagram and be able to surpass all of the suppression um, because they have the money. But I wasn't aware, or I, I, maybe I didn't even think about it, how you just explained it as to, you know, they're not supporting small businesses and everyone else when they're asked to. It's more pay us to post a campaign and if it has anything to do against Instagram or Facebook or any of the platforms, we're not going to be involved. Um, exactly. It's a shame. And uh, everybody that I've spoken to as well um, feel the same about, you know, who's going to be running this industry, who's going to be, um, you know, involved and who's going to be getting um, profits and um, being able to give back to those who built this industry from the ground up, uh, people in prison. Yeah. In my opinion, this industry should be handed to um, people who have been affected uh, by social equity, who have been put in prison for cannabis charges first, people of color and the LGBT community, because 
the, the gay community has done a ton for legalizing cannabis and recognizing cannabis as a medicinal option for people who have been suffering, like, and people don't realize that. So like, I think that those are the people who should be given the keys to this industry and not people who are currently own Monsanto or are cigarette makers that are just going to come in and industrialize the creation of cannabis. And those who, you know, before this legalization started happening, uh, were anti-cannabis industry. And now that they're seeing the dollar signs, um, they're trying to, to get their feet wet and mm. unfair. Um, and I agree. I think that I've had many conversations uh, just personally and, and on the podcast about minority groups in the industry. And like you mentioned, um, mental health uh, plays a huge role into the minority groups within the industry and how cannabis has been something I didn't even realize at a young age that I was using medicinally because I was going through things such as depression, uh, trauma, PTSD, things of that nature. And um, I think everybody who were struggling as a minority uh, that's in the industry turned to cannabis as something that could yeah. help them um, get through these uh, hard times. And now that it's being capitalized on, um, you know, everybody's trying to get their, their hands in the, the cookie jar um, yeah. and working to support nonprofits and, and, and companies who are trying to help minorities is super important and not just those who are who are rainbow washing and slapping rainbows on uh their posts or those during black history month um or juneteenth that's coming up um pretending like they care but mm. behind the scenes they're either supporting anti um minority leg legislations or um who are not even giving back <laughs> to to those who are struggling they're kind of just pretending like they are yeah I, yeah, I definitely feel that, you know, like as a gay person, I remember last night I was watching like uh, Z-Way. I don't know if you're familiar with Z-Way and yeah. her show on Showtime. You should watch it. It's hilarious. But her whole episode was on just showing different ways that corporate corp corporations show up for pride and rainbow wash everything. And half of me is on the page that you're on. But then the other half of me is like, man when I was 14, because I'm an old gay, there wasn't none of that going on. And so it is nice to feel, uh, seen a little bit. yeah, seen, but also just like normal is a terrible world, but like normalizing so that it's not such a difference to what other people are. It's, it, it is really nice to see. Like, I love um, driving in Denver and seeing a billboard with two men kissing on it. It just, yeah. it, it makes me so, or like, playing 95.7, which is the biggest radio station here in Colorado. And they're playing Lil Nas X in the lyric. The first lyrics are need a boy who can cuddle with me all night. And it's a man singing that. And just thinking about back to being like 14 and being with my friends in high school, how you would never hear something like that. And how I was this just totally obscure creature for being a homosexual to everyone else. But now it is like this normalized. And I don't mean that in a bad way thing where it's, it's just more accepted into society. So rainbow washing, lame representation everywhere. And, and, and showing people who are bigoted, like, Hey, we care about these people, whether it's, you know, rainbow washing or not. I do really appreciate that. I have to agree. I think that there, I think a lot of people within the community feel that way. And it's mm -hmm. hard to differentiate between the two. 
Um, like I have trouble with like labels. I think that labels are amazing and that it gives us a sense of identity. But then at the end of the day, sexuality is such a huge spectrum. And I think that, like you said, just making it normal quotations and the day that we won't have to come out and the day where we could just be and love and take home whoever we want to take home to our families um, is going to be a beautiful day. And I think we're on our way there. Uh, so I, I, I agree. I, I do. Yeah. And I do agree that it's beautiful to see it, like driving down the street, seeing rainbow flags, seeing people supporting us. Um, you know, not everybody can give back. So I know that some brands, they might not be rainbow washing, but they're just trying to show that, hey, we're an ally. Uh, we might not be able to give back to you, but we are here as uh, a safe place. Yeah. And, you know, an interesting little anecdote this last weekend um i'm i denver pride is in a few weeks and i am lucky i'm part of a gay four-wheeling group so like off-roading jeeps kind of thing and i was selected in our raffle this year to get to drive my truck through the parade and so i ordered like a big flag for it uh, that's going to go on a flagpole off the bumper and it's going to look really cool and i this weekend was supposed to like set it up and test it and my partner and i were both like people in the neighborhood are going to like, look at us weird. Like we're going to feel really judged. Cause we live in a neighborhood, even though we're in Denver, we lived in the, we live in this like gated community. Don't ask me how I ended up here. It was like the only option. I, I love my house and I'm grateful for it, but I, it just was the only option. The market's crazy here. And we live in this gated community where like, there's not a lot of other rainbow flags. Um, very religious, uh, group of people live here. And so we were both really uncomfortable, like putting that on our truck here and trying it out and just looking at that when the whole world is rainbow washed, like we still kind of need that because I'm still not fully comfortable living out and proud all of the time. Not that I am not proud of being gay, but the fear of judgment from others is still real. Yeah. Fear of judgment, fear of violence. Um, even words, <laughs> you know, I, uh, my girlfriend was just, um, you know, down in Hoboken and there was someone out with, um, with them who just, you know, used the term gay in a negative sense. And um, I've had friends use uh, the F word in negative sense. So, well, the F word is always negative, but, you know, speaking up is scary. Um, it needs to happen. We need to have a voice, especially within the cannabis industry. And now that I'm coming to terms personally with myself and my gender identity and my sexuality, um, I want to speak up more, but it is scary. Uh, wow. Like even walking down the street, you know, I live in Philadelphia. We have uh, an, an area of Philadelphia called the Gaberhood and it has flat, the rainbow flag on the street signs and it's beautiful, but you might walk down the wrong road in Philadelphia holding your partner's hand and it's a completely different atmosphere. And you mm-hmm. never know who you're gonna walk past, what you're gonna walk into. And as much as we've made huge strides and changes, um, there are still people out there that make it hard and make us fearful of being who we are. And, and at some level that rainbow washing is helping with those streets, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like right. it is normalizing and destigmatizing this thing to people. So I, I am grateful for any and all well, maybe not any at all, but I am <laughs> grateful for representation. You know what I mean? It's, it's very important. I do want to say one other thing that we were talking about earlier, um, which was, you said you don't, we were talking about like trusting people coming into the cannabis industry with like their suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I 
specifically don't trust people who don't smoke weed in this industry. And I was going to say, my dearest friend, that I was going to ask you in the beginning, I was like, do we get to smoke for this? And then we just kind of got started in the conversation. But I'm like, can I trust Katie? Is Katie, oh, a, does Katie yeah. smoke weed? Like, what's the tea here? Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I've smoked since my first time smoking was in high school. And I smoked out of a, an Arizona can. I took like okay. one dollar. Let me grab, I'm going to grab my, my bomb. Give me one second. Yeah. Smoke. If we don't smoke, is it really a stoner's podcast? No, that's, never. Hold on. That's my vibe with this whole thing. Just so you know, listeners at home, I'm going to smoke on this Tropicana banana uh, from DBA Doobie Sisters Botanics. Oh, I didn't mean to say DBA. It's just from Doobie Sisters Botanics here in Colorado. High Times did ask me to be a judge for the Colorado Cannabis Cup. So I've got 22 different sativas to try. So oh this is the goodness. one we're going to try today. And this one's 28% THC. A lot of the other ones are like 19 to 24. So might be getting a little lit on this um, <laughs> morning at 1130 AM here in Denver. Is sativa your, your favorite? No, I like a hybrid. I used to be a huge sativa person, uh, took a mushroom trip that changed my entire life. Some would say for the worst, but over time, definitely for the better. Um, a, a, like a year ago, since then, I've been a little bit more hesitant towards sativas, although this batch has been lovely. So I, I really do tend to migrate towards like a hybrid sort of middle of the road kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, same here. I also have this beautiful, um, I've clean it but this beautiful bong uh, my my girlfriend's roommate blows glass and for my birthday last year uh he did like a rainbow theme wait i have something i need to show you that is that you just hang on it's very similar vibes to what you've got going on. I have this piece here. Oh, wow. Yes, very similar. Similar vibes. I love it. Yeah, I haven't cool. gotten back into dabbing uh, since I started smoking weed again uh, in the last few months. But if when I do, that will be the rig. I cannot dab. Uh, we, short story, uh, we hosted a cannabis event at um, Cultivated Synergy in, in Denver uh, a couple of years back. And I hadn't dabbed before. And we yeah, had, don't ever do that in public the first had, time. Um, it was my first event uh, with a company. We had a dab truck. Um, and I said to my sister, you know, like, this is my time to shine. I'm going to go try my first dab. Um, no, doll. Like, I don't know. And I had been drinking a little bit too. And she's like, I don't think. No, doll. Yeah. You made so many mistakes. And I was like, you know, I'm in the industry. I should be able to handle it, which is, I, I know to this day that it's the not true um and we got on the bus people were smoking joints the bus has been closed so the whole thing is a hot box and i took mm -hmm. a, a one rip and i <laughs> i was gone after that i remember coming back into the into the building and uh sitting on the floor for about like an hour and a half to two hours just not speaking i thought i was speaking but nothing was coming out <laughs> <clears throat> yeah my first dab was at a friend's I want to say 4th of July party. Um, this was back in like 2013. Not me showing my age, um, but um, <laughs> heated up a glass spoon pipe that is, it was about six inches long. 
there's it's not like a pipe that has like a bowl it's like a flat spoon on the end that you you torch the end of the spoon and you set your dab on it Uh and it shoots the smoke up your throat honestly pretty dope way to do a dab shocked that this is not like a more normal way to do it i I understand rigs are great but like quick on the road dabs this is the the way to do it and i was at a fourth of july friends uh party and i had I fell on the ground laughing so hard, thought I was going to pass out, had the best night of my life. One of my other friends brought a date that she had gone on two dates with, and he turned out to be like the weirdest person on earth. And the weed made him even weirder. So he's like talking to our group of the four of us who had just done this dab. One of my friends had dabbed a ton of times, but the three of us, it was our first. And he's talking about his like long lost brother and dad, and they hate him and this like whole emotional thing. And I am laughing my ass off. To the point where me and my friend Mandy have to like walk away because it's so rude that we're laughing at this person's story. But it's like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? We just <laughs> met you. I don't need to know all of this. And I'm high as fuck right now. This is weird, dude. So I had a great first dab experience. Like I love wonderful. It. I love it. I wish I had a better one. Um, you have you not dabbed since? I have. Um okay. I have. I just you know, uh, we have a client, uh, Wax Nax. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, um, but you should definitely check them out. They do pre-filled um, inserts. Uh, you should be able to find them in some uh, Denver dispensaries. And they're like little, little vial inserts. And you can take them. They're pre-dosed so you know what you're taking. You can put them in your uh, glass piece. Or you can take something yeah. like a dip di- device or a honey badger and like dip into the vial. And they're, mm-hmm. they're awesome for traveling and being like on the go. So Very that, that's one thing that I, they do CBD too. And I really like those because I know what I'm, I'm taking and it's a mm-hmm. little bit less intense. So I'll do like maybe, you know, one pull and then, and I realized over time that, um, I'm some like I'm one hit every like 30 minutes. Um, if I do more than that, if I overindulge mental health starts to kick in my anxiety, um, thing, paranoia, and I, it's just a little bit too much for me, but well, you know, that anxiety, you just got to allow it. I know. Yeah. I want to write a whole book for stoners on how to not be anxious. That is also like a much deeper thing also with just like evolutionary uh, evolution of consciousness, which if you want to learn more about that, read a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. It's life changing. But the thing about anxiety is it's an energy that's within your body that was already there before you got high Mm -hmm. and anxiety is an energy that needs to get its way out. It's when you interact with the anxiety and it's saying, this is a problem. And you go, Oh my God, it is a problem. That's when anxiety is a problem. What you do with anxiety is you go, Oh, I have this really crazy energy in my body right now that needs to find an outlet. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to allow it. And I'm just going to let it be here. And and whatever the thoughts come in, that's fine. I I don't control my thoughts. No one does. I, I, you know, I'm the witness of them. So they're cool. Just let them be there. Let them hang, witness them. Don't engage with them. And the anxiety will subside every time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think over time, I'm starting to learn that more. I'm in therapy, psych, uh, psychiatry, and I'm working through that, those feelings, those thoughts and how to handle them as they come about. Katie Dahl, read a new earth. It will change your life. I've recommended it's like 20 people and it has changed their lives i've recommended it to like 10 others that haven't read it yet and are still miserable people but that's because they won't read the damn book it's just you know like humans are here conscious beings we've we're evolving so quickly and so rapidly that like 
I mean, even a decade ago, we weren't spending 100% of our times locked into a screen that could give us 100% serotonin every time we need it to you, we, our brains are this big, incredible things. And we need to like learn to evolve, but it's almost like a conscious evolution that has to happen. It's not like we need to grow flippers. It's like, we need to learn our brains. We need to have a conscious evolution of what our brains are. Totally agree. I I couldn't agree with with you more. Uh, I think that um, cannabis and mental health, uh, technology and mental health, all of these things are, like you said, evolving and changing. And we really need to step back uh, and take a look at it and really consciously make decisions because uh, you can get sucked in pretty, pretty quickly um, yep. if you don't kind of like keep your head on your shoulders. I think the, the one major lesson I would impart to everyone in this world is if I could is you are not your thoughts, nor do you control your thoughts. Your brain is evolved to protect you and keep you safe. It's going to instinctually say, what if this happens bad to you? Because that's a part of your brain that was there to protect you from cave animals eating you. You know what I mean? Like it, it is not you, you are the awareness of the thoughts that are occurring and you just need to learn to witness rather than believe and identify with. For sure. Yeah. My brain tells me a hundred times a day that I'm terrible and nothing good is ever going to happen for me. And it's all going to come crumbling down. You know what I mean? But when that happens, I go, oh, that's a cute thought. (laughs) but the same thing when the when my brain's like you are the bitch like you are the doll of the world I'm like that's cute yeah don't really believe that either yeah right but I'll let it come and as it pleases Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah thank you for for all your your insight uh the conversation just bringing light to all different things without within the industry just within the communities that we're involved in I appreciate everything you're doing at WeedTube and personally and uh, I'm excited to, to connect further with you and I'll be sure to check out that book. I need to read more. <laughs> you really should. It will change your life. I'm reading it right now for the sixth time. Just started again yesterday. Thank you so much. And looking forward to connecting more and hopefully meeting someday out in Denver. We'll- Likewise. Thank you, Katie. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.